The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did the impossible, coming back from 13 points down with five minutes left to play against the New Orleans Saints. We give our biggest takeaways and tell you who helped or hurt themselves on Monday night. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or review of the day. I am James Yarko, joined by my good buddy, Mr. Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. You can check out everything he's doing on 10 Tampa Bay or at 10tampabay.com. Check out my work over at SBNationsBucksNation.com. And, of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at WTSP. Again, we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Watching what unfolded uh, during Monday Night Football was wild. Was, I wonder what the bet online odds were to bet the Buccaneers winning that game down 16 to three with 540 something to go. They had a 0.7% win probability at that stage. Uh, but yeah, it, it was 55 minutes of disappointment and, and frustration, followed by five minutes of absolute elation and excitement and. Oh my God, what did we just witness? So Evan, I want to start with you. What is, cause we're, we're both reacting to this game for the first time, you know, on, on this show, David was with locked on saints host, Ross Jackson on kind of the immediate uh, recap. And, and that was fun. Uh, well, I, it's I, funny because the way that the bucks kind of bungled the game against the Browns is pretty much exactly what the saints yeah. did against the Buccaneers. And this David is still undefeated when he's in the press box. I'm I've never witnessed a win, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just banned from the bad luck guy from like Celtic Pride. Have you ever watched that movie? You're oh bad yeah, luck guy. yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. So Evan, what is your biggest takeaway from that 17 to 16 win over the New Orleans Saints? I think I saw a tweet from Jake Arians last night, which summed it up perfectly, which was like. Uh, essentially, I'm going to paraphrase here because there's some cursing. Um, he said, that game was ugly as bleep, but, you know, who gives a crap? A win is a win. Mm-hmm. And that's really the biggest takeaway because we can we, we will spend time all week explaining what was wrong with that game. And there was a lot wrong with that game. But in the end, they're a 6-6 six and six team now. They have a two-game lead in the division, essentially. And that could be a three-game lead, essentially, if they beat the Niners. And, oh, yeah, if they beat the Niners, all they need is to gain one more win on San Francisco. And, holy smokes, they're the number three seed in the NFC. And that puts you on a path to play a team like the Giants and then the Vikings. So that is a lot better than playing the Cowboys – in the first game and then the Eagles in the second game. So you now have a shot. Like, do I think that that's going to work out in their favor? Eh, Probably not based on what we've seen from this team. 
but you have to take a step back and think like this team has won three out of their last four and that one loss should have been a win and it has been ugly throughout, but there's magic in this group. There is tremendous talent and, you know, just the quick thoughts were Brady. That was probably one of his worst games of the season before the, um, the miraculous Monday night win, the five minutes of, of beauty, but it was, it was bad. He was missing deep. We were, we've been asking Byron for deep shots. They, they had him. He missed Scotty Miller a couple of times. He missed Julio Jones a couple of times. Uh, one was a surefire completion to get into the red zone, at least if not a touchdown. So um, that was concerning. The first down runs were still an issue. Todd Bowles punting on fourth down, even though it worked, he got, there was a lot of things yeah. that had to fall in his favor for that to actually happen the way that it did. I would argue that you're playing with fire when it's a 0.7% chance and analytics tells you it's a 99 point something percent chance that you should punt and you, or that you should go for it on fourth down in your own, your, your, your own side. Um, so I, I can't blast him for, because it, it's a results-based business. He got it right, but it was um, questionable to say the least, and proof that he still does not believe in his offense. And I think the the final, in conclusion, my final thoughts are, I do not care what the offense has looked like for the entire game. Put the ball into Brady's hands with the game on the line. This offense does wonders in hurry up. I don't know why they don't do it more. Bowles said that they've tried it in the past and have sputtered. I can't find a uh, the games that he mentioned uh, outside of Carolina, which was bad both ways. Like they did it in Pittsburgh, it worked. They did it against the Falcons. The first two touchdowns were hurry up touchdowns. Uh, they've done it at in the, within two minutes at the end of games. Like just incorporate it more. You have to. Um, so I would love to see see more hurry up stuff. Um, but yeah, again, headline: you win. You uh, the, the difference between winning and losing that game were significant in the division. Now yeah. you're pretty much, unless you choke, like egregiously choke, you're going to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a, a 91% chance to make the playoffs now. And, and had they lost, that percentage would have dropped down to in like the mid to upper 50s. So that yep. game was absolutely huge. And I agree uh, with a lot of, of what you just said. I mean, my my biggest takeaways as I had written down is that everything is not fixed, you know, just because they got this win, just because they had that incredible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, miraculous Monday night as, as you put it, everything is not well. And, and, you know, <laughs> you need to take off the, the rose color glasses. I realized victory Tuesday after beating the saints in that fashion, you know, you can, you can be pretty happy, but Mike Evans not getting a target until inside the two-minute warning of the first half. Especially with Marshawn Lattimore inactive, there's no excuse for that. And and as it's been all year, the the opening drive descriptive plays have been great. It's been successful. But then after that, it goes back to the same thing that we see in every down-and-distance situation. It's a run. It's a dump-off. It's a wide receiver screen. It's an occasional deep pass that goes incomplete it's predictable it's conservative and that's not what this offense was built to do this offense was built you know as no risk it no biscuit you have tom brady you have all these weapons you are supposed to be a a aerial attack 
that threatens every level of the defense, and they're just not showing it right now. And that's why Demario Davis was able to get an interception. That's why you know the run game, while it looked okay, it looked better than it did earlier in the year. It was Lenny still, looked great. Oh, Lenny looked probably the best he's looked since the Dallas game. He was decisive. He was explosive. His vision was good. He was spinning out of tackles. I was very impressed with with what Lenny did. But just like you said, and I, I have it written down, you we have to see more of the up tempo, no huddle, hurry up offense. That is when this offense is at its best. When you are letting these guys go out there, Tom is communicating, calling the plays at the line. They're getting the defense tired, and that's when the dink and the dunk starts to work because the defense is tired. They're back on their heels, and it doesn't have to be every drive, but mix it in a little bit. Throw it in 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 the end of the first quarter or halfway through the second quarter because it's going to yield positive results more often than not because more often than not, when they go to that style, that's when they're putting points up on the board. Come out of the gates against San Francisco, who I'm terrified Nick Bosa is going to le- legitimately break Tom Brady in half. Come out of the gate in a no huddle. Get them back on their heels immediately. Get the ball in the end zone and then look at Brock Purdy and say, okay, kid, you're up. Yeah, I um, I totally agree with everything you said. It's... It does not have to be every drive, but I think you should absolutely be starting off halves. Like I actually, the script, do your scripted thing. You said it, right? Like the scripted plays are working right now. The yeah. scripted, their first drives look great. I mean, they had their longest drive of the year. It's a shame that they wasted it on a field goal, but that, that first drive was, was excellent. And they burned all this time. You really want to punch it in the, uh, you know, I think May made the tackle. That I mean, you tip your cap. Mm-hmm. That was a great tackle. Oh, uh, I didn't yeah. like the play before it, but that was a great play. Um, and I mean, then, the, the play before it works, if Julio blocks his guy instead of doubling you know, another yeah. guy and doesn't run directly to Chris Godwin, but, I think that's six right there. But I think you just need more of a feel, like, right? That sure. after the you, you, you don't score, you don't score. Okay. Next drive, we're going. Hurry up, we're going. Let's let's wake up, wake up, guys, wake up. And you yep. just got to get yourself back into it. And um, I think I was a little bit concerned of how non-committal Todd was to it after being asked it twice uh, after the game and then the, the following morning. But I think that is a recipe for success for a top five hurry up team. And I know they're not a bunch of young chickens out there, but welcome to. 2022 NFL, welcome to football in general. Move fast, all right? That, that is that is the speed of the game. That's the way it works. You already have missed a boat because you don't have a mobile quarterback, so you're going to have to do other things and use his brain because he is the smartest quarterback in the league. I'm sorry, nobody has his experience. They don't have the Rolodex of situations that Tom Brady has. Use that to your advantage, and that's why I think they're so good in hurry up because Tom is smarter than you in those situations, you being the defense. He just he knows what to do, and he's calm in those situations. And, and as you said, those checkdowns, all those things that he likes to go to, those open up a little bit more because people are a little bit more confused. What are we doing? It, it presses communication. So – um, it gets yeah. those pass rushers tired. Exactly. And, and and they need that. All right. Well, we're going to talk about whose stock is up and whose stock is down coming up in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Turo. 
Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And with Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event. And you can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. If you've been checking out some of these electric vehicles and you want to test it out in your day-to-day life, boom, find one on Toro and actually get a feel for what it's going to be like to have one. Many Toro hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions do apply. So forget about boring rental cars and find your drive at Toro.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. And for the biggest headlines in all of sports, like where is Arson Judge going to sign? Mm-hmm. Check out Locked On Sports today. It is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Stock up, stock down. Who helped themselves on Monday night? Who hurt themselves? Evan, this is your first time participating in stock up, stock down. So I'm going to defer to you. Uh, whose stock is rising for you following Monday night? I'm going to give you that answer in a second, but I do want to, before we just completely move on, I just want to give you a list of accomplishments from that Monday night win. going to rattle it off quickly and go right into it. All right. Uh, this was the second time Tom Brady has completed a comeback down 13 or more points in the fourth quarter. The only other time was the Super Bowl, of course. Uh, three seconds left is the latest he threw a game-winning touchdown in his career. The final drive consisted of 150-plus yards in those two drives, 21 plays. 44th career, fourth-quarter comeback that surpasses Peyton Manning as the most in the NFL. He ties Dan Marino for the most Monday night football wins at 20. The Saints were 182 and 15 when leading by double digits entering the fourth quarter. That is now 182 and 16. It was also the first time the Saints have blown a lead like that since 2016. It was the first sweep of the Saints in a season in 15 years, going back to 2007. So, and not to mention they knock out their rival essentially from the postseason. There was, well, and a- then of course, uh, you know, the Buccaneers had lost 69 straight games when trailing by eight or more points in the fourth quarter. And that too, that's a good. I- Good nugget. I didn't know that nugget. It's a great nugget. Um, Okay. But stock up is Chris Godwin. Yeah. We've been talking about him constantly, especially because Mike Evans has sort of just been there. You know, he hasn't Mm -hmm. been the typical Mike Evans. But Chris Godwin, since week four, is third in the NFL in receptions. Uh, He's logged six or more receptions for nine straight games, which is a franchise record. He is himself. He's running routes like we're used to seeing. He's a significant presence in this offense. He would have had the game-winning touchdown had it not be for a, for a holding penalty, which uh, we will get to. Um, but he has been electric, and he has been the safety valve for Tom Brady, which, by the way, was a bigger loss than a lot of people, I think, you know, put on last year when you right. know the offense was getting injured left and right, like losing Godwin, losing that safety valve. That was a big deal. Even though you had Gronk, that's his guy. Chris Godwin is his guy because not only can he throw it to him short, intermediate, but also long. So Chris Godwin continues to impress. And the more that he continues to play like this, the more confidence I have, we're going to start seeing those 
games like we saw against uh, Cleveland, right? The, the 10 receptions, the 100 yards, and a touchdown. That's the X factor. Then you, you pair that up with Evans, and hopefully he, you know, people start worrying about Godwin more and letting Evans kind of go as they fall asleep maybe on him, and then boom, that's when Evans can can shoot up. And and um, so just con- it's been a constant stock up, and, and I'm still buying. Yeah, my poor brother-in-law went from the – five seed in our fantasy playoffs to the outside looking in because of that holding call that took a Godwin touchdown away lost by one point. Yep. And he had Godwin. So without that holding, uh, you know, uh, my, my brother-in-law was not happy. He hates Donovan Smith. Now my stock up is another guy at the wide receiver position. And it's somebody that we had a lot of viewer and listener interaction about why don't we get rid of this guy he's not doing anything he's worthless he's wasting a roster spot julio jones i had his back then i have his back now and it's starting to prove me right now the stats are not going to jump out at you they're not going to explode three receptions on six targets for 28 yards brady tried him on a couple of deep passes earlier in the game in fact the first deep pass looked eerily similar to the one in Dallas where he got that initial knee injury, the way he laid out for it, came down with all that weight on his knee. I thought for sure he was going to be out the rest of the game. Nope, he came back. And all three of his catches on the final two drives, including the most vintage Julio catch we have seen in a Buccaneers uniform, where he goes up just in midair, snatches the ball away, because that ball could have easily been picked. He's looking for it on his back shoulder, Brady throws it a little inside. Julio kind of you know, moves in, in midair, adjusts to the pass, brings it down, sets the Bucks up on the five-yard line. Uh, Brady trusts him. He absolutely trusts him. And, and, you know, one of those deep passes could have been a touchdown. He has been a solid offensive contributor since he returned from that injury. And I think one of the most telling things about what he provides to this team And what he does for Tom Brady is the fact that he was the guy out there for both of those hurry up drives, both of those two minute drills. It was him. It was Evans. It was Godwin out there for pretty much every single play. It wasn't Russell Gage who's still coming back from an injury, but Julio is that guy. He is still that threat and they're just going to keep using him, And he's just going to continue to be a bigger part of the offense. So Evan, who is your stock down? Uh, it's not fair because he's a rookie. Yeah, but but but, but Zion McCollum, man, I know. Um, Carolina, Baltimore, now the Saints. Each game, just significant issues with his play. Not only is he missing tackles, he is getting slaughtered because teams are just throwing it his way constantly. The Saints were looking third downs on on Zion McCollum's way and picking them up. Why you throw a third and one with Carlton Davis pressing on you? I don't know. That To me, that was a fireable offense, that call, instead of going Taysom Hill up the middle. But whatever. What do I know? I'm just a sports guy. Um, I know that you shouldn't line up Zion McCollum on Chris Olave ever, and they did it the whole time. Yeah, both said that, you know, McCollum's more of a man-to-man guy, and they wanted the speed with Olave, worried about the deep ball. If you go back to week two, it's a fair thing to think about because he crushed them. It's just Jameis never 
connected on it. It was sort of like Julio Jones. Like they, Jameis just kept overthrowing Olave, but they were beating him. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was a mismatch. It just, he just is a little bit in over his head right now. He doesn't necessarily know how to contain. He doesn't necessarily know where his help is. He doesn't necessarily understand all the leverage. It's just, he's good. You know, I'm still optimistic about his future. Like Jamel Dean, if you would have told me that he is the player he is today, going back to that game in Seattle. Right. Right. I mean, like you would have laughed at me. Uh, So, so this isn't a, he can't rebound or get him off the team sort of deal. It's just, it's very clear that he probably needs a lot more time. And if you have all these same injuries going into San Francisco, I would argue you need to figure out a way to get Dean Delaney, uh, Delaney on, the, on the field because that, just, that, that was a recipe for a disaster against a, a team that can really burn you. Yeah, I, I do think Zion McCollum has a bright future. I don't think we've seen anything close to what he's going to be. And I keep going back to the the conversation I had with Antoine Winfield Jr. And, and Winfield just gushed over him, said he's so smart, he's so athletic, he's so talented. Once he gets this defense down, he's going to be a problem. And, and, and we remember, know it takes a while to get to I'm get just- Bulls defense down. I was just going to say, and remember, he didn't really have a training camp. He was dealing right. with a hamstring. So I do want to say that. that Not only are you a rookie, but you literally lost half a training camp into the first couple of weeks of the season with that hamstring. So I, I think he I think he pulled it during the trip to Nashville yes. and, and then had a couple of weeks. So he lost half of his training camp, and that's, that's rough. So yeah. I, I sympathize with him, but the stock's down. The tape don't lie. So I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and I'll I'll make mine real quick. My stock down is Donovan Smith, and this may not be entirely his fault, but you take a look at 32 holding penalties since 2015, the most in the league over that span. He did take that touchdown off the board that my brother-in-law is cursing him up and down over. Uh, could have cost him the game. Flat out, that could have cost them the game. They had it tied. His holding penalty takes that, that touchdown off the board. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass on the first holding call, in in the game i can't remember who the saints defender was definitely got away with illegal hands to the face at the absolute worst it should have been offsetting penalties they caught donovan and even that was kind of a ticky tack hold it wasn't wasn't nearly as egregious as the one on the godwin touchdown but i'm still wondering is this is this a reflection of the issue that he's having dealing with the pain of the elbow injury from week one, because that is not healed. It is a pain tolerance issue for Donovan Smith. Or is this the fact that the Buccaneers are continuously leaving him out on an Island against the, you know, the best pass rushers that opposing teams have to offer either way. It looks like Donovan Smith has regressed compared to what he was the last couple of years. Maybe he misses Ali Marpet. Maybe it's just the line as as a whole, and, and his mistakes are now a little bit more under the under the spotlight. But I, I need to see better out of Donovan Smith, especially against the San Francisco 49ers, a game that we are going to talk about in just a I, moment. Just want I just want to mention this, by the way, with Donovan Smith. I think it's a lot of it's conditioning. I think his conditioning's not there. He's had nine penalties this season. All of them have been from week seven on. Okay, even beyond that. You want to know how many penalties of those uh, were in the first half? One. You want to know how many penalties were in the fourth quarter and later? Six. So, so 
this is a uh, a conditioning, and I think leaving him on an island, I think a little bit his performance has regressed as well, and the offensive line isn't as stable. I think it's a, a culmination of things, but he's breaking down at the end of games, which is leading to bad tendencies, which is why we're seeing uh, the last five of his flags have been in the fourth or the or the overtime. That is why, because he's just gassing out. And that need, I mean, he he's got to figure that out. He's got to be playing sixty minutes because that was my issue with him a, a, a few weeks ago. You look at the tape; his motor sometimes just isn't there. He, I, he's just a conditioning thing. Someone help this man! All right, <laughs> get him some help. You had Kyle Rudolph standing there on the sideline all day. Just line him up next to Donovan Smith. Seriously. Even if he can't block that much, at least he's a little bit of a barrier. Better get help this week. <laughs> We're going to talk about that 49ers game coming up in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting, information, stats, news, and analysis with the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and even esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, I assume you do because you're listening to this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Make sure you come back tomorrow as David Harrison will be joined by, I'm not sure which of the hosts, I'm assuming it's going to be Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers to preview that game. But Evan, somebody that is not going to San Francisco is Jalen Darden, who was waived by the Buccaneers on Tuesday. No corresponding move to the active roster as of this recording. So, Evan, real quick, why why make this move now? Compared to the rest of the league, Darden was actually towards the top in terms of return yards. Um, it just it seems kind of odd to do this the day after such a big win but i know why i left him off my initial 53 man roster i'm wondering why you think the bucks made this move right now and what it could mean it's consolidation at this point i mean the fact is they can have geo or scotty or rashad return the punts return the kicks whatever it may be and um and he hasn't been doing anything offensively he has never flashed us outside of one 25 yard catch against the packers maybe I, like he's never given us any reason to think that he's a thing. He's always shied away from contact. Uh, just it just never it never seemed to click. Despite everything we heard in training camp with this team loving the off season he had and playing him up, I, I can't tell you how much I heard about Darden's off season and how this was going to be a huge year for him. And I we just never saw it. We never saw it. So um, you know, unfortunate, but. I do think this probably signals the return, my guess, of K.J. Britt. I've, I've seen him working out, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I saw him working out with Logan Ryan and uh, Russell Gage before they returned. So my guess is you can bring back Britt that helps you on special teams in a different way, right? So, like, you think of Darden, oh, how are we going to replace this guy as a returner? We'll think of special teams just in general. And if you bring back Britt, you're now inserting that special teamer, who's one of your best guys, by the way in that unit um, and then also utilizing maybe a Gio Bernard who hasn't seen the field for anything and now saying, well, we can't just waste this roster spot on him. Let's put him to work. 
and he's a veteran and he'll get the job done. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't think it's that big. Uh, I would, I would be, I would say the only, if they really were going to swap someone in and out, it would maybe be a Devin Tompkins, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that's the reason behind this. Yeah, it, it came as a little bit of a surprise, but, you know, they they have depth issues kind of all over the place. Makes sense, as you put it, you know, to have some consolidation and, and bring in some depth pieces at other positions that they desperately need. But, Evan, it's a short week for all of us. We got to turn the page now to the San Francisco 49ers. This game absolutely terrifies me. The San Francisco 49ers defense is outstanding. The Bucks' offensive line is questionable at best. At the same time, you have the Tom Brady homecoming. Uh, you have no Jimmy Garoppolo, no Trey Lance, but you still have Christian McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and Kittles and Bits. Um, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. So let's get your predictions for this game, starting with your bold prediction. Well, let me also say that really uh, my thoughts about this could change. I, I, I am hoping that someone helps like Sean Murphy bunting and maybe Antoine sure. Jr. You know, if, if all three of those guys are out, I think it's a tall task to stop all their offensive weapons. Even if Brock Purdy is the quarterback, having said that, let's say that, you know, two of those guys return out of those three. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but let's just, that's what I'm going to work on the assumption of, um, Player of the game is going to be Devin White. It's going to be a very much, you know, Kyle Shanahan running constantly. And yeah, uh, Devin White, I thought, was a little maybe – he didn't look as fast against uh, the Saints. Levante, just amazing. Uh, oh. I just want to sneak that in there. Yeah, so that, good. Love that man. Um, but I, I smell a Devin White game. You know, that was – that was by his standards, I thought Devin White was a little bit invisible against New Orleans. I think he's due to kind of make some things happen and force some turnovers. Here's my bold prediction – three of them, which is insane to say because they don't force any turnovers. They haven't forced a legitimate turnover since Devin White did it in Munich. That's one. And then you got to go back to like week four. And even the Sean Murphy bunting interception, the game was pretty much over. So like, I mean, it has been a, the first three weeks are really the only meaningful turnovers this team has had. Um, But I'm calling for it. I just think with Brock Purdy, with Todd Bowles, there's something to be to be said there. Uh, you know, this defense is really good. Uh, you know, you know, they they own really the Saints despite being down three guys, and it, and it showed in, in some points when we talked about Zion McCollum. Score, let's just go right back to it. 17-16, Buccaneers. I um, All right. I am uh, rare. I know, usually, like, I picked the Saints. And by the way, I said Saints 16 points last week. You know, it's not my fault that Tom Brady's a magician, okay? Uh, I felt I felt pretty good about that pick, but uh, you know Tom Brady, for for this long career he's had, you want to know how many times he's played back at home in San Fran? Once, one time. So he's going to be motivated. This is special for him. He doesn't have many of these homecomings. So this is going to be an exciting game for him, even though you know you don't think of it like that. And and this game is brutally important, as I mentioned off the top. This gives you an opportunity at the three seed. You lose this game, forget it. Like, just win your divisional games and whatever. Now you got a shot, especially right. with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. Maybe things waver. But 
you know, usually, and I know Brady threw a pick, and I know Rashad White fumbled the ball, but the Buccaneers have proven they're pretty good with the rock. And as long as they don't turn the ball over against San Francisco, I dare Brock Purdy to go down the field constantly against this defense. Maybe they get three. Maybe they get a bunch of field goals. But I dare him to lead multiple touchdown drives. So 17-16, and you better you better have a game plan for Nick Bosa because that guy is a freak. Go Buckeyes, baby. Let's go. Stupid Buckeyes. You know what? You know what's going to be great though is Tom Brady gets to do this whole homecoming, and at least his family is going to be rooting for him and wearing Buccaneers jerseys, unlike a certain uh, NFC North quarterback who goes back home to San Francisco and his family roots for the 49ers. <laughs> With that, we are gonna get out of here. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. And for your next listen or view, get the biggest headlines in all sports with Locked On Sports today, available available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcast. David will be back tomorrow with Crossover Thursday with Locked On 49ers. I'm not sure if it's going to be Brian Peacock or Eric Crocker, but either way, it's going to be very entertaining. Check out everything that Evan is doing on 10 Tampa Bay at 10TampaBay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at Ekloski WTSP. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe and stay healthy. Fire those Saint-killing cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here.